On today's show, we are li 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 live on YouTube answering questions. So you know what that means. Anything can happen. Literally questions are rolling in on YouTube right now. And somebody just asked about John Wall. So coming up next, we're going to have a great conversation about John Wall. Build the... I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and coordinator for the Locked On Podcast Network. And joining me, as always, my co-host, writer, contributor at Mavs.com, the live lord, the one we're thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Well, as we said at the cold open to this pod, we're live right now on YouTube. Wednesday nights, we go live on YouTube. We're going live kind of late. Like, literally, we hit live at like 1030 at night um, central time because, you know, it's not my kids' fault. It's Nick's fault tonight. Uh, so we have fair, questions fair. questions rolling in and uh, really no new Mavs news at the top. You know, Mark Stout reported the Frank Nelikina stuff a few days ago. Uh, we. Uh, talked about Nilakina a lot. Uh, I think we need to clarify a little bit something on the roster thing. You tweeted it out today. Yep. Maybe now is a good point that we can uh, clarify how the Mavs snuck one in on us there. Yeah. So the the Mavs snuck. The Mavs are getting a little sneaky with some of these announcements. So, but it's been it's been weird. So we'll we'll get into it. We'll talk about it right now because Mark Stein announced the Mavericks are reportedly gonna sign Frank Nilakina. And so we were thinking, okay, the Mavs, they already announced their training camp roster. They already have 20, 20 guys. They have their 20 spots filled. So where does Frank Nilakina sit? And we were like, okay, well, they got to get rid of somebody. And I didn't think they were just going to get rid of one of these camp guys because they just signed them. But they had already done that. <laughs> they had already done that. You, you and I were talking about this today. Uh, the timeline of it was really weird. Like August 21st, they announced the training camp roster with all 20 players so that's the, the full 15 players on the roster plus the two two ways plus the three camp invites and those guys were all were all set then they waived Nate Hinton one of the two-way guys on on you know like a week later basically they named the roster then they waived Nate Hinton and then they sent Ja'Cory McLaughlin that we talked about uh you know about a, about a week later after that and they slipped in in that announcement that they also uh requested waivers for EJ Onu so he is not a training camp invite that was a mistake on our part yesterday but now he's out. So basically what Frank Nilakina has is a training camp invite, which is kind of interesting. He's going to have to fight for a spot. And this could be, we've had this before in the past where, you know, Sam D'Alembert is a player on the roster. We're like, oh, he's a veteran. He's going to be on the roster. He's a center. He's, you know, veteran, all that. And then all of a sudden, a guy like Salah Mejri comes in and usurps his spot and takes his spot. We thought he was just a training camp invite. And all of a sudden he has a spot on the roster. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we got to see the details on, on the deal, you know, before we say like official, you know, a lot of these like training camp invites are just super cheap. And it's like, hey, let's just see what it like the Dennis Smith Jr. to Portland one, you know, that that was you know reported as a training camp deal. We got to see the details on the Neil Aquino one. Either way, I think it sets up for an, a great camp battle between three players, mm. Frank Neil Aquino, Tyrell Terry and Trey Burke. Like, mm. That's a fun three-way battle that who's going to get the the third, you know, point guard spot. I mean, I think they can they can keep two of them on the roster, but what if they go into camp and Nilakina just absolutely shuts down Tyrell Terry from doing anything? Or what if he he shoots it, you know, kind of up to par like Trey Burke on on like, 
you know, catch and shoot threes in camp or preseason or something like that. And you're like, well, dang, let's go. So that that's what I'm watching. What does he do to Tyrell Terry and Trey Burke spots? Or kid wants to lean into the defensive side of things. He's been talking yeah. about defense like every new coach on a training camp team does. But he's been leaning into the defensive side and says, all right, let's get Franklin Aquina. Plus, Trey Burke was the the old guy's guy, right? So was Tyrell Terry. We don't know what these guys think about. We don't know what Nico Harrison and Jason Kidd think about Trey Burke or Tyrell Terry. That We know that they like Nil Aquina because they just brought him in. So yeah. all that stuff we're still not sure on. But let's start getting into some questions uh, Alex wants to know if Zach Levine is a realistic free agency target for the Dallas Mavericks. Are we, we're doing this again. We're going back into this whole thing where the Mavs are just looking for another star to add. What's the Mavs free agency situation? Um, I mean, realistic. I just, I, I don't think he hits the market, right? I mean, that's been one of the biggest things, you know, even going back to this past summer, we thought this class was going to be a lot bigger than what it was, but what happens? You know, all these names that get thrown out there, then they sign extensions and all the stuff that are locked up. They don't even hit the free agent market. If you're Chicago, I don't know why you don't pay him the, the large extension. You just committed all this money to DeRozan and Vooch, you know, like Lonzo. So like you're obviously going all in. I don't know why you would hand DeRozan that contract and then say, oh, Zach, sorry, <laughs> it's your time to go. Like, no, you're, you're all in. Like you've committed to this. So I think he gets paid by Chicago. Now, I mean, I guess you can say, could Dallas like trade for him or something like that? I think I could see him getting traded for like another really good player, but I don't think he hits the free agent market. And I think it's important to remember this summer was the last offseason with like max, max cap space because of Luca's extension. Luca signed that massive extension. It kicks in next year. So not this upcoming season, but the season after that. So free agency next summer. Luca is going to be making the most money on the team finally. <laughs> finally, he's the he's getting paid his due. He's getting paid $35.7 million. And the Mavericks are at $118 million in guaranteed contracts already next season. So uh, the whole can they get this free agent, can they get this free agent would have to come from some kind of trade or something like that. Uh, I don't think they can just straight up trade, you know, for Zach or trade up straight up sign Zach Levine. So uh, Bruce asked a good question here. Can Dallas win the West with KP playing like he did in New York city? This is interesting to me. So what does that mean for KP playing in New York city? Because you know, for me, it's, it's everything we talked about yesterday. It's the defense. His defense has to get back up to, uh, he was almost like a really, really good defender in New York. That was almost his calling card. Some people said, I know talking to the, the Lockdown Knicks guys when, when the Mavs traded for him, listening to guys like Max Kellerman who covered the Knicks during the time that Porzingis was there, uh, that Porzingis was like a defensive monster. Like he was almost better at defense than he was at offense. And so that seems wild now because of, of the way he played last season and some of the, the recency stuff with KP. But if he plays that level, heck yeah, they could win the West if KP's playing like that. Yeah, you, you go back to that last season, you know, I think people forget how good KP was. This summer when we had Howard Beck on the pod about a few weeks ago, I asked him, I was like, hey, can you remind people how good Kristaps Porzingis was in New York, you know, especially before his injury? That season that he tore his ACL, he was just named an all-star, you know, at the, what, how old was he? He was 22 years old, yeah. just named an all-star, playing for the Knicks that season, averaging 22 points, shooting 40% from three, anchoring the paint and you know blocking shots left and right. like that was the exciting <clears throat> like he was like a top 15 player when he got hurt like that he was a big time player in the league and so yeah so 
can they what is can they win the West? Yeah, if KP's playing like he was in New York before he tore his ACL, they can win the West. Somebody asked me what hair product I use. Just like a paste, you know. Sweat just, block. Just normal. I don't use that on my hair. <laughs> I guess I'll block it. Okay, another question on, on KP. Let's go in that same vein. Little right. Bricio asks, why can't KP play that Dirk type role at the four? Not saying you will fill the shoes, LOL, but seriously, why can't Dirk play that type of role? Um, offensively, we think he can, right? Well, off- offensively, we think he, that they're going to try to use him in situations like that. Now, Dirk, if you've seen some of these graphics recently, the Kirk Goldsberry, like who owned which section of the court yeah. during which time, if you do any of those over the last 20 years or so, there's a section of the court that is like the, you know, 15 to 18, 20 feet kind of deal, the mid-range, that mid-range shot, that mid-range spot, Dirk owned all of it. All of it, like all that whole section. And KP can't play like that. That's one of the reasons why he can't play that role is because Dirk was such a specific player that destroyed the mid-range in a way that was just auto, just almost automatic. Yeah, I mean, that Yeah, that was the route I was going to go with that. Like, can you imagine playing with Dirk, but you couldn't throw it to Dirk in the post and say, get me a bucket? Like, then what would Dirk yeah. be? Hey, Dirk, go stand in the corner. Um, you know, he'd be like, with Dirk. Oh, he'd be old Dirk. But yeah, even old like, Dirk, you could throw the ball, the ball but that's it. I was going to say, that's the thing. Even old <laughs> Dirk could post, shoot, a, so. shoot a little fadeaway. And it's like, Dirk, shoot a trailing three, just spot up in the corner. And, you know, so, yeah, that that's the that's the biggest difference in that. Yeah, yeah. So that's the, that's the thing with, with Porzingis. Now, him playing the four, it, it, it's more about defense than it does offense to me. I don't know if you can go out, you can throw him out. You can throw him out there as the four, and they did for a, a lot of, you know, the regular season. You can get away with it there. But in the playoffs, I don't think you can get away with that. There's just too many good fours. There's, you know, like freaking Aaron Gordon is, is a four for the, the Nuggets. Like, he can't keep up with him. You'd just be losing him backdoor cuts all the time. I'll say, if he's like he was defensively in this past postseason, no, you definitely can't. No. And, I mean, how, how did the Clippers beat Utah? They go. They went small. Like Super they, small. Yeah. Like you got to have that flexibility. And if you're Porzingis, you're gonna have to guard somebody out there. And if teams are going small, that means if Porzingis at the four, that means they have another center on the on the court with him. And yeah. Keep getting in some questions. We'll be answering them. A lot of questions about the Mavs young guys. We'll talk about that. We've talked about this this kind of you know young core at the end of the Mavs bench. What are the expectations for them? And we'll get into some of those guys like Frank Nilakina. So we'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Direct TV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another one that lets you stream your favorite shows. You watch sports highlights on your phone or your iPad or something else. You got all these things just rolling all over the place. Direct TV wants to help simplify that. We all need simplification in our life, and Direct TV Stream has that. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites. You can watch Olympics. You can watch Slovenia. You can watch all that stuff all together on Direct TV Stream. Get rid of the clutter and the confusion. Get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into this uh, mailbag. We got a bunch of questions about the Mavericks' younger guys. I was going to say, are you with, keeping up with all these questions? Because I've lost track now. Let's start with Amir. I'm, I'm, I'm on it, man. This is, this is I live for this. Amir, ask the question, expectations for Mavs young guys. Let's take a look at that, that young core we've been talking about. Let's just focus on Moses Brown, Josh Green, Frank Nilakina, Tyrell Terry. What are your expectations for those four guys? Oh, gosh. I mean, most, I mean, I think out of those four, the one that I would expect the most from is Josh Green. I, I want to see, like, 
Josh Green's the only one that's been referenced specifically in an introductory press conference of about like <laughs> wanting to develop yeah. him and to see what you have in him. You know, they obviously didn't play him in the summer league, you know, coming out of the Olympics. It's like, okay, is he like, do I think he's too good for the summer league? So I just want to see, I mean, I, I think he probably has the higher expectation that if I, if I had to rank those four, then it's Moses Brown. But I think I've been a little bit more skeptical about Moses Brown. Moses is Moses Brown's role. <laughs> I was going to say Moses's role, but Baker Mayfield, um, Moses Brown's, <laughs> um, but Moses' role in a team, I think I've been a little bit more skeptical about it than Nick. I just I want to see why he would play, like why he would play over Willie and Dwight and Bobons and like all the four of these dudes are coming off the bench. I'm not like I get like why he would, but would you know, would kid in Dallas do that? And Maybe and Nilly Ke- soapbox again, Isaac. Nilly Keena and Tyrell Terry, like they're like they're just kind of like flyers at this point, right? Like see what I mean. I think Nilly Keena probably has a little bit more to offer, like right now. But yeah, I mean, I think the key is I'm not, I think Josh, I'll say it this way. I think Josh Green's the only one that we should have expectations for that. If there is it, that if he doesn't do like anything this year, we have a, a rightful place to be like, dang, like they really missed on that. They really didn't like turn Josh Green into anything to where the other three guys, those are just like flyers. Let's just see if they turn into something. Now, obviously, y'all can disagree, but that's where I'm at. Nick, what are you doing? My dog is freaking out downstairs. Somebody walked by. Uh, yeah. Excuse me. Uh, so the, my thing with Mo- Josh Green is it's a great point. It's the only one we've heard from Jason Kidd as somebody with actual uh, expectations that maybe we should have, that maybe that he should play. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, I think that's my only expectation for Josh Green is that he's going to get some playing time. There's going to be, you know, growth moments for sure because it's essentially a rookie year for these guys. I don't know if we count last year as rookie year. Now they got some experience. They got to watch. They got to play a little bit when the guy, when guys are out with COVID and all that, they had, you know, the, the playoffs to sit and watch and experience and see all that. So there's some, you know, there's at least a base there, but we don't really know what to expect from, from Josh green. I, somebody was asking me earlier, you know, what did the, there's the maps don't have any fours. And I was like, man, if Josh green was like, literally like three no. inches taller, he would have such a path to some playing time at that four position. If they wanted to go small, uh, and if he can prove he can play and be strong enough, which I think he might be, he's he's pretty built. Like if he's strong enough to guard some of those fours, like a like a PJ Tucker or like even like an Eric Gordon uh, guy that can guard some bigger players just because they're so stout and strong, like they can hold their own. Then maybe he can play some minutes at the four. He'd be really small for at six five, but freaking PJ Tucker plays that <laughs> plays, yeah. plays well, that role. He's a very unique player. But I don't I don't worry about the the who plays the four for the Mavs thing because. Luca kind of guards fours sometimes. Like Lucas, Luca's not checking other teams' point guards, even though he's playing the point for you know on offense. So Luca takes some of those fours a lot of times. I'm mean, you still have Dory, you still have Maxi, so I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, yeah, there's, there's there's just a spot there. There's a path there better than the the path at three right now for me. Yeah. Um, or especially at two. Why two is guard. there a debate about like um tobacco? Our chat, our chat always has debates. Literally the the second to last chess is get more toxins in one hour hookah is like a hundred cigarettes. <laughs> Our chat is what is right going on? Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, but Moses Brown, we're still talking about expectations for young guys. For Moses Brown, to me, I think he could emerge because he has more physical tools than all the rest of the guys on the on the roster as far as centers go. 
if Luca has turned Dwight Powell into this, if Moses Brown can apply himself and be like a you know good student like Dwight Powell is, he can take him like he could go to a completely other level. I think with him, so it'd be I'll be interested to see if if they try and experiment with some Moses Brown and Luca minutes a little bit a little bit earlier than even Josh Green. Uh, all right, this experiment is a fun experiment with Moses Brown and Luca. Interesting. Why? I don't. I mean, I guess yeah. I mean, I think that would be get the best version. I just don't. I don't know. I, I think the flyer of Moses Brown is a lot of fun. I just get kind of skeptical of like, hey, we we got to turn him into the next Tyson Chandler. <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Guys, I know that Took Luca smokes hookah. I get it. I know that. I'm just asking why to- why the levels of tobacco are being debated in the do YouTube chat. That's the- all I want to know. Hookah, hookah, donchich. Uh, but with Moses Brown, I'm saying experiment. They just try it. They throw it out there every once in a while, like you know, once a week or something. I'm not saying they do it consistently, but okay. every every you know three games or so, when Dwight Powell would normally come in for his backup center minutes, maybe they throw in Moses Brown if it's a better matchup, just to see what it looks like. Yeah. Right. So that that's my thought on it. Uh, okay, I like this question. This is from our friend Matthew Nope, longtime listener. Over under 15 and a half technicals for Luca this year. <laughs> what did he have last year? Like 13? Don't make me look it up in the middle of it. Dang it. I got it. Um, under. I'll take the under on this. I think he gets a little. Um, I think CBA Mavs, what's up? I think he matures a little bit in this in this area. And I think he I think he's under. Let's set a mark on it. <laughs> I think he had 15 last year. I think that was the number. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll take, so is, I'll take the under. Is he going to sure. get more? Is he going to get more technicals than last year? No, not? no under. There's more games. There's more 10 more. Game. There's 10 more games. I'm going over on this one. I'll t- I'll still take the under. Like okay. this is one of the few categories that he is. He and the team have openly said, this is one of the areas you have to get better at. And, and he's openly admitted after games. Exactly. Games. So that free throws, like we we know. So I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping <laughs> this is one of the areas. But should, should it be a point of contention for him? Do do we want him? This is the debate we kind of had last year. Is don't you want him to be in the game to be, you know, real competitive, ultra competitive, like, you know, not want anything to get in the way of, of winning. And so he just you know, fights for just literally everything. And when he does that, he fights with refs a lot. And that's what gets him in trouble, gets in the technicals. Don't you want that kind of mentality? I'm I'm interested to see or, and a little nervous to see if he chills back on that, then maybe he doesn't know how to channel that into more competitiveness on the court. And maybe he just, you know, becomes more passive. No, I don't think he'll ever be passive. I just think it, it just comes into the whole, like, he, you can see it. Like I feel like at times you can you you saw him kind of process in his brain. Like when he started to argue, it's like all right, I gotta walk away. And it's those moments. Like you can be you can be passionate and be all into the game, but have that be able to flip that switch. Or like I hey, I know I'm getting there now. I need I need to pull back. A great comment on YouTube and with a great username. Dirk owns LeBron. Hats off to you. <laughs> Wait, says I think having Igor around will help Luca keep his cool not be as immature um i wouldn't use maturity or like immature in this scenario but i do think that's that's a point to be made that with ego around 
I know I've I know I am the Jared Dudley apologist. Oh no. This is Jared Dudley's role right here. Right? Like this is this is him as the superstar whisperer kind of deal. Yeah, I'm I'm calling Dudley right now. Go ahead. Good morning, hey Dud. Isaac. Hey hey Dud. Good morning, Dud. Isaac. Duds, can you come on board to um I need you to help Luca not get text. Shut it down. <laughs> no, but I think that he's supposed to come in and, and help that. I think this is a situation I think that he can provide some insight. He played, he's played with great guys. He's played with LeBron. He's played with Hey, if know, he's played with LeBron, he definitely knows how to help a player not complain. Played with Steve Nash. He didn't do a good job last year, did he? <laughs> uh, I think that's what, what Dudley's going to be. But Igor could help too. And I think the one that would help the most, I think, is Drogic. If the Mavs still, I know, we should I drink every time we mention Drogic on the podcast? <laughs> uh, every, if Drogic could come in and help him with this, that would be huge too, I think. Yeah, for sure. All right. Lots more questions. We got so much stuff. We have a bunch of questions about the the Mavericks going forward, about the Mavericks end of the bench stuff. We got uh, some Trey Burke questions. We got some more questions about hookah and <laughs> lots of things like that. We'll get into some more Ball coming Ball up. Garris? <laughs> Man, haven't heard that name in a while. Should we drink for that too? <laughs> but before we do, let me tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They're absolutely great. We love them all the time. And right now, they have a new bar, Mint Marshmallow Puff. They got some marshmallow in there. It's delicious. We got the little hint of mint. I love the, the mint bars. Mint bars are great. They also have banana cream puff. If you want a bar with 100% chocolate with marshmallow filling that is only five grams of sugar. Like I just listed all that stuff. You'd think I was talking about a candy bar. This bar has 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, five grams of sugar. You're not going to get that anywhere else. You really aren't. And we eat these all the time. I actually have a puff right here. Boom. This is the coconut puff. They're delicious. They got. The How'd little, you get those? And I didn't. They got. I ordered them. I, I, I buy these products. I like them. This, that's that's the biggest endorsement I can give. I the money I make off this podcast, I spend. I put it back into the economy of this podcast and buy these built bars <laughs> using the promo code locked fifteen, and I get fifteen percent. That's a lot of boxes. <laughs> 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 also, want to tell you about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to put down some money on your Baltimore Ravens, your Dallas Cowboys, your Cincinnati Bengals, whoever you want. If you uh, are looking at my Bengals, they are a one point now underdog to the Chicago Bears. It was like three three points or something like that. Not feeling the Chicago Bears, I guess. Bet Online, but you can bet on so many things. They have props. They have you know in game bets. They have first quarter bets, halftime bets. Like if you want to bet on like almost literally anything, you can go in and check that out. They have some game props. Let's look at our let's look at the Dallas Cowboys at LA Chargers. Some of the props in here: longest field goal over under forty seven and a half yards. Longest field goal in a Cowboys Chargers game. You can bet on that if you want. Exact under. touchdowns, touchdown total, score in the first five minutes. Team to commit the first penalty, Dallas Cowboys, minus 115. All that stuff you can bet on Bet Online. Use the promo code Locked On, or you can go in and use the promo code NFL. Uh, you can go use the promo code NFL100 to get a 100% welcome bonus. So you can go use that promo code if you want as well, or use the promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into some more questions here. We got some more questions about. Uh, let's say, let's do let's do this one from Bates, our, our friend Bates. Where is Sterling Brown going to fit into the lineup? I feel like no one is talking about him. Where should he be in the rotation? Um, well, I don't think he's starting, so I, I just think he comes off the bench. And yeah, I mean, is he the seventh man off the? I mean, okay, let's just do the starters real quick. Luca, KP, you know, T 
Tim, Dorian. Let's well, just say Bullock. Tim, Dorian, KP, Luca, and the flex spot, right? It's it's the Reggie Bullock, Maxi, Maxi Klebo. We'll yeah, see how, so if they see wanna, how kid feels about it. Yeah, if they want to go small, then it helps Sterling Brown because then Bullock starts. I think that should be the starting lineup. So then off the bench, who do you have? You have Brunson, you have Maxi, you have Dwight Powell, you have Sterling Brown. I think another training camp battle that, you know, we talked about the three guards a little bit ago, but I'm looking at Sterling Brown versus Josh Green. Like who... I want to see that that battle in camp. Yep. Sterling Brown, the better shooter. Josh Green is, you know, at more athletic. Does Josh Green make a leap? Does Sterling Brown are are we discouraged any if Sterling Brown it gets all of Josh minute Josh Green's minutes? Is that do we look at it and be like, man, Sterling Brown, great signing? Or do we look at it and say, dang, Josh Green couldn't even be, you know, get some of Sterling Brown's minutes? You know, like that's just a battle I'm watching. Yeah, that's going to be really interesting. And and you hope that whoever is winning those those minutes is winning those minutes, right? And not just like reluctantly g- being given those minutes because the other one is just playing so poorly between Sterling Brown and Josh Green. But that is the big yeah. battle, I think, because you got Dorian, you got Reggie Bullock, you got Tim Hardaway. He, honestly, you got Luka and Brunson. Like you're taking up a lot of guard and wing minutes with those guys, taking up a, a lot of those minutes. So Sterling Brown comes in. And then, you know, with, with Josh Green, can you play them together? Josh Green is still kind of an enigma because of the three-point shot. Uh, how exactly do you play him? Who do you play him with? You know, Well, Kyle. if they're playing together, you definitely need, you know, either Luka or Brunson on the floor. Uh, but For sure. But you're defending pretty well at that point, I think, with, with Josh Green and Sterling Brown. You got some two, yeah. two six, five guys that can, you know, can get out and defend. Uh, Sterling Brown also has been around a little bit. He's played... Uh, in some playoffs, he played in a, a playoff run with with Milwaukee. It started some games for him, so that's it's maybe some experience that Jason Kidd might lean on earlier in the year, and then later in the year, Josh Green maybe earns some more and earns the, the trust of Jason Kidd. That's something I'm, I'm looking out for. Yeah, for sure. Uh, this is a good question from David Taylor. We've been talking about KP a little bit, and David Taylor wants to know: Do you think Kidd will want to play through KP with Luca on the bench? So I, I take this question as. Kid wants KP to get going. He wants him to, to get back to where he was in New York City. He wants him to get back to you know, all-star form, get his offense going, all that kind of stuff. Doesn't want him to just be relegated to the corner like he was in the playoffs. How does he do that? What's the machination for, for Jason Kidd to get KP going? Is it only when Luka's on the bench? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think the answer to this question is we just don't know because we don't know what Kid's going to do. We don't like we don't know. We know Kid wants to play better defense. We know Kid wants to put the ball in Luca's hands. We know Kid wants to play fast. Outside of that, we don't know. We don't know about lineup stuff. If he comes out and starts Sterling Brown as the fifth guy, and Bullock and Dwight Powell come off the bench, <laughs> like a Courtney Lee thing from a couple of yeah, years ago. <laughs> like, are you are you shocked? Like, I I don't know if we could say shocked because we don't know what Jason Kidd wants to do. But you know, how do you play through KP? You know, I think it's talking with KP. How does he feel? How does he feel? coming off screens is he moving well enough to be able to come off screens like a seven foot three you know clay thompson um <laughs> is he better in you know in the post can you get him get him the ball coming off a little screen where he gets the ball around the elbow can he hit that shot consistently what 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 is his spot like can we get him to whatever his spots are whether that's you know him coming moving off the ball or yeah whatever so i mean you would hope that's the idea right you would hope that they can, you know, stagger their minutes. Luca goes to the bench if they don't have that secondary creator yet. And you're like, all right, KP, you're on the floor when Luca's sitting down. We're going to get you buckets and run the offense through you. That's what you hope. That's what you want. 
And let's be clear, Luca or KP spots are like that mid post area, right? Or like a catch yeah. and shoot, basically long two. So, so he's he, you know back to the basket or facing up from the from those areas. Or you know it's like the mid post and then just like the mid range area, but it's not pulling up from mid range. It is catching and shoot from mid range or the drives that he can do around bigger players that are slower than him. There's not many of those guys left, but. Uh, that's that, those are his spots right there. And so can he get him going there with Luca on the court? It's a little bit harder. So I think David might be onto something. He may try to play through KP, you know, wish we wish they could have gotten a secondary creator somebody that, you know, was a little more pass first to help KP do that. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I think if, if we see something similar to what Carlisle tried to do last year, you try to get KP like, you know, what five of the first 10 shots basically is what Carlisle tried to do to get KP going. Sometimes it worked. Sometimes it didn't. Yeah. That's something I'm wondering too, how long that leash will be. You know, Zachary says in the chat, he says, am I, am I the only one that's terrified that kid is going to try to create a, a new offense featuring, you know, a lot more Porzingis post-ups. And it's like, do they, do they swing so far of saying, man, we have to make KP work that. And, and I just want to believe that, when you have Luka Doncic, like I get that sentiment. I get that you wanting to do that. But if something isn't working, Luka, well, one, Luka's going to let you know that if it's not working. Uh, but uh, yeah. He let, he, he let them know that about the analytics guy. He's <laughs> yeah, not so, going to hold his tongue, right? Like he, I'm not scared. I'm not scared, Zach, because you got Luka and Luka's pretty <laughs> outspoken. All right. Uh, here we go. This is a good one from, from Zach. Another Another good question. Would the Mavericks have been in the NBA Finals if Bubble KP was playing in this year's playoffs? <laughs> Let's remind everybody what Pu- Bubble KP looked like. He was like Bubble like, KP. He was a kind of a next level. Like, for, okay, the first the three games he played against the Clippers, he ever he he scored fourteen points, twenty three points, and thirty four points. Like he, he dropped he dropped th- basically thirty points the last two games against. Uh, against the Clippers. Yeah. Basically same team. If Bubble KP was there with the Ma- and he hit he hit uh 3 threes in the first game, 5 threes in the in game 3. I I'm, I'm not sure, man. If he would have showed up a little bit more cuz the, the margin of error for the Mavericks in that series against Clippers was so small. They went to game 7 and it took Kawhi scoring what 50, 40, whatever he scored in the, in game 7 to get them over the top. I'm saying, yeah, I, I'm not sure about finals. They definitely would have got past the Clippers. And then, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think they definitely beat the Clippers, but I don't know if they make it to the finals. Yeah, that'd be hard. That'd be pretty hard. And bubble KP, it was just kind of funny. It was like what? Five games outside of the, the play, the playoffs. Yeah. Add these, but he was, but those, those five games, he was 28, 29 points a game, eight boards, couple assists, block and a half shooting 38% from three. Those are, that's a pretty good five stretch of games. Yeah. And that's what you got in yeah. the playoffs, right? Like just a couple of games yeah. here and there. All right. You want to let's rapid fire through some. Yeah. Well, we're, we're about to end here. So we'll get, we'll grab one more and then let's rapid fire through some. Uh, when we <laughs> here's the last one we'll hit here. This is from, uh, uh, Chechi. Can we boo Rick when we go to Indiana? What's the etiquette? If you're going to go to Indiana or if Indiana comes, when Indiana comes to play the Mavericks, do you boo Rick Carlisle? No. No. Do you boo Rick Carlisle? No. He left. Yeah, he left. Hey, boo James Harden. (laughs) Hey, boo Kevin Durant. You're not booing Rick Carlisle. You're not? Not at all. Um, 
You some know people, how, some you, people will boo Rick Carlisle. You know how I feel, and I and I, <laughs> I'm not gonna mo- I'm not gonna boo Rick Carlisle. So he, that's saying for so people that don't know, that's saying a lot. That, that even Isaac wouldn't boo Rick Carlisle. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like he brought he brought the only title. I mean, he helped bring the only title here. He spent 13 seasons here. Like you don't you don't you don't boo him whenever he's just like hey i'm gonna go to indiana when there were already talks about like him and luca not meshing and all that like so like i i don't i don't blame him for leaving because he he saw the writing on the wall probably and like hey this is probably not gonna last out last long term an old you know an old uh an old girlfriend came calling and was like hey we used to uh, be a thing back in the day, and he's like, "I'm gonna go back to my old girlfriend." So the Indiana game at Indiana is December 10th. That's a Friday, and then home against Indiana is January 29th. That's a Saturday. So if you want to boo Rick Carlisle, if you're into if you're into that kind of stuff, that's probably your day. January 29th. Write that on your calendar. Well, there's a handful of people in the chat that are really gonna boo him. I, I'm kind of surprised by that. I'm not. I'm not. You leave, you get booed. That's kind of the deal. You bail on the team, you get booed. Because Cuban you, was Cuban was very clear that he did not fire. Rick did Carlo. you want it? Did you want him to stay? Oh yes, yeah. I, I, you you know where I was before this. Even with all the stuff with, with with you know all the other things around Rick Carlisle, I I would much rather have the the sure thing, great you know X's and O's coach than the unknown, and then what the unknown turned into for me personally. That's all right, we still personal. recording the pod, or <laughs> all right, there you go, guys. Uh, if you're on the live stream, stick around. We'll be answering some more questions. Start getting in your love and dating and life advice questions. We we love those. The specificer, the better, if that's a word. Uh, so stick around on the stream. But, guys, on the podcast, thanks so much. We'll be back tomorrow with the Game Pod. Thanks so much for listening to Like on Maps. So.